That was good. The cattle on a thousand trees kind of helped calm my nerves a little bit. Sheep, thousand sheep. Just as funny. All right, well, I've, I've always looked forward to a hymn being given out that confirmed what I was going to speak on was from the Spirit. Um, that didn't happen tonight. Um, um, as you guys know, there's been that list of different doctrines that had been passed around to the men to speak on uh, from the assembly. I didn't get that list. Um, so I don't know if this is part of an interview process or, uh, or, or some kind of annual uh, performance uh, review uh, to see how my speaking skills have improved. So uh, we'll, we'll see if I stand up to the test. Uh, so I did bring a pair of glasses to help me sound more intelligent. And does it work? So I might use them for dramatic effect. Um, I'm, I'm really just joking. This isn't a, this isn't a stand-up comedy act. I'm just trying to calm myself down, get some laughs, and, um, and hopefully this time when I speak, anytime I put my hands on the pulpit, the mic doesn't start flapping up and down. Um, yeah, just in an attempt to get comfortable, I did ask my wife if I could wear my pajamas up here to speak, but she, she voided that uh, very quickly. Um, normally when I'm up here, it's only for about 20 minutes to lead singing, so, so an attempt to fill 45 is rather daunting, and usually I have a short intermission for announcements, so we might need to take a break after about 20 or so. Um, but uh, getting to the message, um, some of my favorite English teachers in high school, uh, they were the ones that, that said that there's no, there's no limit on, or there's no uh, lower limit on the number of pages you have to write in an essay. Just take as long as you need to to get your point across to me, and then you're done. So I will implement that tonight. Um, so you may get to go home early. Um, also in my English classes, I wasn't ever that good at really digging into the, into the literature. They would always ask for what's the deeper meaning, what is he alluding to, what are the parallels of this to that, and I was never very good at it then, and I'm still not very good at it now. Um, so I'll, I'll try and pull out as much as I can from what I've chose to go over, but um, don't expect any deep theological um, discoveries that you haven't once pondered yourself. Um, what I did choose, though, again, it goes along the lines of English, is we're going to talk about punctuation tonight, everyone's favorite topic. Um, I first thought about it um, one week in Wednesday night prayer meeting. We were going through, I don't remember which book, but I saw an exclamation mark, and it was the first time that I had seen an exclamation mark in the Bible, or the first time I'd noticed it. And so that got me thinking, and just throughout the years, any time when someone would speak and I'd see one, I'd mark it down in my Bible. So I noticed that the bulk of them were coming from the Gospels, and so I went through the four Gospels. What? So I went through the four Gospels and, and wrote them all down and tried to look through and see if I could find patterns, see if there was any correlation of why they're used and when they're used and how they're used. Um, so I did go through all of them, and they fell into about just five different categories, but two of them stood out above the rest, and so I'm going to focus on those two. Um, just to, just to comedically emphasize the importance of punctuation, um, you, can, you can take the sentence, let's eat, grandma. But if, <laughs> which, if you remove the comma, turns into, let's eat, grandma. So punctuation can save lives. <laughs> um, so the two types of exclamation marks um, in the Gospels that I want to focus on is the first one, the exclamations of Christ, and the second one is the exclamations about Christ. 
And so before we actually get into the word, I'm going to go ahead and open in prayer also. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this gorgeous day you've given us. I, th I thank you personally for this chance um, to spend extra time in your word preparing this message. I pray for a uh, calming sense of my nerves, Lord. I pray for uh, everyone here that you will uh, prepare them for, for what they're about to hear. And Lord, I just pray that you will speak through me um, and speak powerfully. And I ask this in the precious and holy name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. I didn't have a very big pad of paper, so I'll be flipping rather frequently. Um, so go ahead and uh, start by turning to Luke 6. There were, there were several exclamation marks that, that copied themselves from gospel to gospel, so I, I, um, we're not going to hit every single one of them, but we're going to go through all the ones that weren't duplicates that still fell into this category. So Luke 6, verse, uh, starting in verse 20. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. But woe unto you that are rich. There's the first one. For you have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for you shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, Bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them. Likewise, for if you love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. If ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if you lend of them of whom ye hope to receive, what thanks have you? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies and do good. Lend hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. And ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is the kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your uh, Father also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into, their, uh, into your bosom for, with the same measure that ye Meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now there's only uh, those three verses in there that, uh, that explain really how our human nature is. Those that are full, or the rich, hungry, uh, we desire to have men speak well of us and we desire to, to laugh. Um, but that's not where he says the blessing is. He says the blessing is in the first few verses. Anybody says, woe unto you that are full. And that word woe comes back in, in probably 75% of the verses that we, that we come to. So it's a warning 
to those that are rich, a warning to those that are full, a warning to those that laugh, and a warning to those who desire to have men speak well of them, which is what we all are told, at least by society, that that's what we need to strive for. But, the, but Jesus tells us differently that it's, that he blesses the hungry, he blesses the poor, he blesses those that are hated, and, and if we're really living the way that God wants us to, will we not fall into those categories also? If the blessing is a positive, the blessing of the, of the being poor and the being hungry, the opposite of it, the, the woe, isn't, isn't kind of a neutral saying, it's a very negative saying. Um, do any of us have any reason to be woeful or do we live a life to be blessed? And then the question is, what is the judgment that comes with the woe? And we'll see a little bit more in some of the other verses. Um, but how difficult is it for us to receive the blessing and to avoid the reprimand, the reproach, and the chastening of a woeful life? Go ahead and turn to Luke 10. Starting in verse 1, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways, behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves, carry neither purse nor scrip nor shoes, and salute no man by the way. And into whatsoever house you enter first, say, Peace be to this house. And if the Son of Peace be there, your peace shall rest upon you. If not, it shall turn to you again. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. And into whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. And heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. But into whatsoever city ye enter, and they receive you not, go your way into the streets of the same, and say, Even the very dust of your city which cleaves on us, we do wipe off against you. Notwithstanding, be ye sure of this, that the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. But I say unto you, that it shall be more tolerable in that day for Sodom, than for that city. Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. And there that is again. For if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which have been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And now Capernaum, which art exalted to heaven, shall be thrust down to hell. He that beareth you, heareth you, heareth me, and he that despiseth you, despiseth me, and he that despises me, despises him that sent me. This is a warning of judgment to the cities uh, that uh, reject the miracles and the disciples that he sent and all the signs and wonders that they saw because he says, he that despises you despises me. So he, he lets us know that this woe towards Chorazin and Bethsaida is a woe of, of their rejection of him. So again, this isn't, this isn't a neutral kind of woe. It's not a woe of, of pity. It's a woe of judgment. Their punishment in the day of judgment will be worse than what Sodom and Gomorrah or Tyre and Sidon will receive because 
because these other cities didn't receive the same signs, they didn't see the same miracles, they didn't have everything that this city had, because we know the, uh, the verse, to whom much is given, much shall be required. Um, and so they don't have the, the, not that the other cities had an excuse, but these cities will be held much more accountable than these other ones did. And so we're starting to see what Jesus is passionate about when he shouts, when he, when he exclaims the things that he's saying. And again, how much more responsible are we for everything that has been shown and told to us? And the question again, do any of us have reason to be woeful or do we live a life of blessing? Matthew 18. <coughs> Matthew 18 and verse 3. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, receiveth me. And there again, he's comparing the, the way someone is treated to himself being treated in the same manner. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offenses come. Now, he doesn't necessarily say what the judgment is for the woe, but he does tell us what, what, it's, what is better for him. What is better would be that a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned rather than the judgment that he will receive. So we're starting to get a picture for at least, if not what the judgment is, what we can compare it to or what we know that is worse than. And if we turn to Philippians 1.29, we're talking about the, the offenses that are in the world. Paul tells us, For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. So he acknowledges the, the woe for the... Uh, for the offenses in the world, that is a woe of pity, but the woe for the man who commits the offenses, that is the woe of judgment. And so we see that, that the suffering and the offenses are going to come, and it's, and it's almost our duty as followers of Christ that these are going to come. We're going to have to endure these. But the woe of judgment is for those who brings the offense, who brings the suffering. And again, do any of us have any reason to be woeful, or do we live a life full of blessing? Matthew 23 just a few pages away. <clears throat> there's, there's several in this chapter, so we'll read the chapter for context's sake, and then we'll focus on the few. Matthew 23, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries, I'm guessing is how you pronounce that, 
and enlarge the borders of their garments, and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. This is starting to sound like the first passage we read. But be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Sorry, Dad. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. <clears throat> but woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. And he talks again about the judgment. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you compass sea and land, and make one proselyte. And when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, you blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple... It is nothing, but whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. You fools and blind, for whether is greater the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold. And whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing, but whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. You fools and blind, for whether is greater the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift. Whoso therefore shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it and by all things thereon. And whoso shall swear by the temple, sweareth by it, and by him that dwelleth therein. And he that shall swear by heaven, sweareth by the throne of God, and by him that sitteth thereon. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. You blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You think he's getting his point across? I, I know there's significance in, in things that are repeated once or twice, but I don't know what it means when something is said six or seven times, especially in one, in one sitting. Um, because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous, and say... If we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, ye be witnesses unto yourselves, that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers, you serpents, you generation of vipers. How can you escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall you scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. That upon you may come all the righteous bloodshed upon the earth. 
from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Berechias, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. And here's another exclamation that isn't preceded by a woe, but we can almost insert our own. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, or woe, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou hast killed the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And to me it sounds the same that he's saying to Jerusalem as he said to Bethsaida and to Chorazin. Um, he, he's, he's offered to take them under, under his wings as he describes as a, as a hen takes her chicks. Um, but they've rejected him. And we saw everything that they said about the Pharisees and the scribes and in other, other passages that, that mirrored the same things. They also mentioned lawyers. Um, but it, I mean, and again, it's one of those things, I'm not good at making too many parallels, but this is one that I couldn't really um, deny. They're, everything he mentions is talking about being, being rich or, or being full. He talks about the spices. He talks about them taking the high places and wanting to be spoken well of. And it's everything that he, that he talked earlier about the woe, but nothing that he talked about that comes with blessing. And again, do any of us have any reason to be woeful or do we have a life full of blessing? Luke 21. Luke 21, verse 8. <clears throat> and he said, Take heed that you be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines, and pestilence, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these things, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts, be not to meditate before what they shall answer. For I will give you a mouth of wisdom, a whip mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. And you shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends. And some of you shall say they caused to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not an hair on your head perish. In your patience possess ye your souls. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And let not them that are in the countries enter thereinto. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people." And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. 
And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then they shall see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for the redemption draws nigh. And he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that the summer is nigh at hand. So likewise, ye, when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfighting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon your unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of God. Sorry we had to read so much just for that one exclamation. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. And this is another woe of pity. Um, of those who um, are left to endure these trials, these, these terrible trials. And when this time comes, it talks in that last verse I read, Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass. Will any of us be worthy to escape these things that will come to pass? Will we... Um, the, the same question, will we have anything, any reason to be woeful? Or, or will we be enjoying an eternity of blessings? Will we be uh, worthy to escape these um, and to stand before the Son of Man? And that, that's the question that you have to answer yourself. That's not one that, that I can give to you. That's a decision you have to make. Have you rejected Christ? Or have you gladly welcomed him into your life and accepted all his blessings? Matthew 26. Matthew 26, starting in verse 21. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. And what is his judgment? Again, we, don't, we aren't told the judgment, but we're, told, we're given a comparison of it would be better that he had never been born. And just as it was uh, for the man by whom the offenses come, um, rather not, he doesn't say that he hadn't been born, but it'd be better that he, you know, he died by drowning. Um, or, you know, for those who reject Christ, and again, we're, we're, we're seeing this in Judas, you know, he wasn't by any means um, held unaccountable. We, you know, we read that, that Satan entered into him, but that's not an excuse. That's um, 
Satan doesn't enter into an unwilling heart. Uh, and again, we ask the question, do we have any reason to be woeful like any of these people that we read about, or do we live a life full of blessing? Are we, are we poor? Are, are we hungry? Are we hated by men? Mark 10. I should have made this all sword drills. Mark 10, starting in verse 17. <clears throat> and when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeling to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about, and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches, riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answereth again and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus looking upon them saith, With men it is possible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. And there's, there's a, a slight difference, but an important difference between the two times that he uses an exclamation in 23 and 24, when he says, how, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? We know another verse that says, not that money is the root of all evil, but the love of money is the root of all evil. It, it's about where we put it on our priority. Obviously, it's necessity to make money, to provide for our family, to, um, to you know, to, to give back the blessings that the Lord has given to us. Um, if it becomes a priority and a top desire, we don't receive the blessings that we read about in the first passage. Instead, we receive the woe. Woe unto the rich. Matthew 6, and this will be our last one before we jump into um, the ones about, about Christ. Matthew 6. And again, this is about riches, starting in verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor dust corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness." If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? And again, he talks of riches, but he also, when he exclaims, he talks about the eye. And is our eye on our riches? Is our eye on our fame? Is our eye on, on, on food? Is our eye on uh, laughter? You know, do we just go around just looking for all these pleasures? Is that where our eye is? Because if it is, then even the light of our body is darkness. 
um, <clears throat> in the Old Testament, the, what was it? It was even the, the thoughts of their hearts were continually evil always. You know, we see that there wasn't any good in them. And we need to make sure that, that, our, you know, that our best isn't complete darkness. You know, he tells us that our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, but when we've taken Christ into our lives and he's washed us clean, we need to make sure that we continue to show forth that light and to make sure that, that we aren't completely darkened out by the, by the desires and the joys and the pleasures of this world. So moving on to the exclamations. I think I'm doing pretty good. Exclamations about Jesus. I didn't think I'd make it this long. Um, we'll, we'll just go through them quickly. Um, I don't have a lot to say about them, but we'll see the contrast. The, the two parts of the exclamations about Jesus are um, either exclamations in, in um, admiration or in wonder, or they're exclamations in a mocking sense. So uh, you don't have to turn to all these. We'll be moving kind of quick. But if you want to, John 1, 36. Very famous one. John 1, 36. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And that's one that's of, of admiration. That's one that's proclaiming his authority. Luke 4 Luke 4, 33, and in the synagogue where there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and, or, yeah, and he came out of him and hurt him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. And so we're already seeing a pattern for what, what is it that we should be proclaiming, exclaiming of the Lord, his authority and his power. Luke 7, just a couple pages over. This one, this one is Jesus speaking, but he's quoting what has been said about him. Luke 7, 33. Let me make sure I'm on the right page first. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he has a devil. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, but you say, Behold a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. And so he points out that, that for, for us Christians, one way or the other, someone's going to have something wrong. We're not, us as Christians, we're not going to be able to say that all men speak well of us. There's, someone's always going to find a problem with us. And we, as we are seeing the extremes of, of the negative and the positive of the exclamations about Christ, there's very few people that are on the fence. Either they're very much against religion, against God, or they're very much for God. There aren't very many left who are, who are, are unsure or who are on the border. John 11 John 11, starting in verse 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. 
When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And so that adds another quality that we can proclaim about, we can exclaim about, not just his authority and his power, but also his love. Matthew 21. Matthew 21, starting in verse 19. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Let's not be that fig tree. Uh, because it's, it's, it's something that can happen very quickly. He says, how soon is that fig tree withered away? We need to make sure that we're continuing to be blessed. And again, remember we talked about the blessing is a positive, but the opposite, the woe, isn't, isn't a neutral. It isn't a stagnant. It's, it's a negative. So you're going one way or the other. You're not staying still. You're either bearing fruit or you're withering away. And let's make sure that we're not, we're not on the tail end of the woe, but we're on the front end of the blessings. John 19, verse 3. And we're back to the mocking. And said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hand. And verse 14, And it was the preparation of the Passover, and about the sixth hour. And he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. They, they used words that, that would seem to exp- express or to glorify power and authority, but they were mocking him. They were mocking, making a, a joke of, of, of our Savior, of um, the most powerful person in this universe, the, you know, the, the holder of our lives, uh, the book of life, and the, the author of our salvation. And so that's the last of, oh, sorry, one more exclamation before we start to wrap things up. Matthew 18, 17. Oh, I'm sorry, this is just, I just put this in here to reemphasize. Woe to the man by whom offenses come. Let's not be the one to bring offenses. Let's not be the one to, um, to hinder the children. Let's not be the one to, to stumble a brother. Let's not be the one who's going to be receiving this judgment. And we talked in Philippians 1.29, it's our duty. Um, it's it's going to be expected that we go through these sufferings, that we go through these offenses. Um, but it's, it's for Christ. It's for our edification and for his edification. And then just, we'll just look back. You don't have to go there. I'll just read it to you. That where we started in Luke 6, we'll read about those blessings. What does it take to receive these blessings? Luke 6, verse 20, And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed be you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are you that weep now, for ye shall laugh. And blessed are you when men shall hate you and when you shall separate, when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice you in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. But woe unto you that are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for you shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. And woe 
unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Do any of us have reason to be woeful, or do we live a life full of blessing? Let's pray. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful that you offer these blessings to us, Lord. We're so grateful that, that you allow us to, uh, to reach the place of a servant, Lord, to live as you did and to love as you did, Lord. We just um, exalt your authority and your power and your love that you showed to us. We're so grateful for your sacrifice. We're so grateful for the model that you gave us to live our lives. And we just pray that we will continue through this week and through this year and through the rest of our lives to strive day in and day out to receive those blessings, Lord, and to avoid the woes that come with, with what this world would have us to do. We ask for your blessing on each and every soul here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.